episode 17 of the James Murua Literary Podcast. I'm your host, James Murua. This week we have a treat. Peter Kimani is one of the best writers coming out of East Africa. His most recent novel is 2017's Dance of the Jacaranda. And this book talks about, you know, the Lunatic Express, you know, the first railway that was built from Mombasa to all the way across Kenya that made Kenya what it became. He'll talk about the book, you know, how he, you know, how he um, came up with the idea of the book and, how, you know, all the way to its publishing. He talks about the Kenyan publishing scene. He gives a bit of commentary on that. And he talks about Nairobi Noir, the Akashic Books published book that he edited that was very well received by the Kenyan audiences. I want you to enjoy. Hello, Peter. Thank you for taking my call. My first question is, um, how have you been? We're in the middle of a pandemic here. How have you been coping with, uh, you know, the changes in the way the world is running and the changes in the world around you? Uh, hi, James. Thank you again for calling. I have been keeping well. Uh, this has been um, a pretty productive time writers tend to be uh, self-quarantining ordinarily, or oh, that's our natural default uh, for most of creative people. Um, whether you're an artist, uh, a painter, uh, a scriptwriter, I think we all thrive in isolation. So I've enjoyed um, the past couple of months um, in isolation for the most part, occasionally teaching students online. Um, but it's been, uh, it's been a good productive period. And I use the word good with a lot of caution um, because in the best of circumstances, a writer will need a community to interact with. Uh, so I've been deprived of that interaction because I tend to soak up uh, what society has to offer and then reflect on that in privacy. So now I've been um, stuck in my own world, imagining my narratives without the benefit of uh, the outside world. But I have enjoyed it. Um, shall we start from the beginning? Because um, when I first encountered your work, you're a, you're a journalist who was a, you know, a, news, a creature of the newsroom. And then somehow in the last few years, you're now a teacher and a novelist. Um, would you like to talk about you know, the transition from before you were writing? Let's just say how you started and now how you've moved now to become a novelist and teacher. Well. Uh, the three interests have actually lived side by side over the past 20 years. Um, so my, my first book, Before the Rooster Crows, came out in 2002, I think, uh, end of 2000, 2002. So that was in the, in the first decade of my work as a journalist. So... Um, 
I have been uh, uh, interested in those intersections, so creative writing, journalism, literature, uh, have all existed in my in my professional life. Um, so even the idea that uh, you know one transition has led to another career, uh, I have actually held the three all together. So I cut my teeth as a journalist, um, uh, that's for sure, and now I teach journalism. So in a way, the beginning and the end of my profession remains the same, the same track. Uh, but my poetry and my fiction and my plays have all been, um, you know, produced in between my, my productive and pretty intense uh, work as a journalist. So, uh, what I can say about these intersections is that uh, I think journalism has provided me with a livelihood and creative writing remains my vocation, the labor of love that I have um, pursued alongside uh, a professional career in writing and, uh, you know, non-fiction in that sense. Um, so... If I were to volunteer, what I enjoy the most, I think uh, each each career path has had its uh, its own um, you know rewards. Uh, so journalism uh, was, you can say, the the platform that allowed me um, the cultivation of. Uh, you can say public intellectualism, being able to contribute and interrogate society directly. And uh, creative writing offers a more reflective uh, kind of pursuit. Uh, but all of them, you know, consumed um, uh, by and large by the same population. My teaching similarly has, uh, you know, come and gone. Uh, I started, uh, you know, my teaching career uh, sometime maybe 10 years ago, uh, both in Kenya and the U.S. Uh, when I went for my graduate studies. Uh, so I can say I have embraced the three interests and each, each appears to be enjoying um, one burst of creativity at different stages, but I try to balance the three of them. So let's talk a bit about your work. Huh? Um, I have to say that your 2017 Dance of the Jacaranda is, is a really special book. So one of the things I like about what you've done with this book is you've taken us to the to the past, you know, where, where it all began with the, the railway, the lunatic, the lunatic Express, as it was called then, and it should be called now, the Lunatic Express. So why did you pick this topic i mean we're, we're not really famous about uh, we're not really famous for historical fiction in this market so why this project so dance of the jacaranda uh is a product of multiple accidents so the the 2007 2008 uh so-called post-election violence uh, when um, election outcomes were disputed and people took to the streets and it turned out some um, you know militias had been had been organized beforehand 
uh, which precipitated um, a legal process against uh, some of those individuals at the International Criminal Court at The Hague was, was a very uh, interesting time for me as a writer to reassess the past as I knew it. Um, so, and reflecting and uh, contemplating our future. Uh, so 2007, uh, I must have been around um, uh, 2007. I was in my, my mid-30s, uh, mid-30s going to 40. My country was just about, you know, 40-something years. It wasn't that old since independence. And what I saw um, from, uh, from the conflagration that followed was, was pretty disturbing. It was a Kenya that I didn't understand, a, a country I didn't know. Um, so I was I was uh, provoked into looking into our past, just to understand that moment. Uh, so I was, in a way, trying to understand, you know, where did the rain start beating us? Where did we go wrong as a society? And uh, that that reflection, uh, you know, took me uh, nearly a hundred years back, or seventy years, at least, of seven of colonial British colonial. Um, uh, uh, settlement of Kenya and uh, 30 something years of independence so nearly 100 years back so uh, in my in my attempt to write this history or to rewrite or to imagine this history um, I chanced upon the railway line the construction of the railway uh, which, um, which which served as a as a deep cutting metaphor for an exploration of that history. So starting from the coast uh, where uh, the British settlers, uh, you know, set forth to the hinterland. So cutting, uh, cutting through the land, through the Rift Valley, the entirety of uh, um, uh, the, the cultures that comprise the nation. So it was a very, I can say it was an evolution of years of research, years of reflection, and finally, um, quite a bit of time writing it. So between uh, the first line, uh, writing the first line of the book, and its publication date, it was a whole 10 years of my life. 10 whole years. So I have to say that um, you've said this in previous interviews. You you don't you didn't have a kenyan publisher for a very long time um what does this say about the kenyan system of publishing number one and um i mean you you had to go with a publisher from outside of the continent do you advise other writers to you know if if the system that the systems that we have don't allow us or don't don't give us that opportunity uh, do you recommend that people, you know, have to, you know, just say if this doesn't work here, I try something somewhere else? I believe charity must begin at home. And when I finished writing of the Jacaranda, I submitted my manuscript to a New York publisher. At the same time, um, I sent it out to Nairobi 
at least two Nairobi-based publishers. And uh, when the book came out um, in New York, I submitted it to a third Kenyan publisher. So I'm still waiting for a response uh, from those three publishers. I can, I can say um, there is a sense of frustration uh, when a work of literature whose immediate and primary audience is in your own country, in your own hometown, are not interested in your work. So my previous work was published in Kenya before the Rooster Crows, um, Upside Down, which is a children's novel. Those were published uh, locally by Oxford and East African educational publishers. So, and I still have a lot of respect for the kind of uh, contributions that local publishers are, um, you know, participating in. Uh, so I do not begrudge anyone for not valuing my work um, because so many others are truly interested in what I'm doing. Uh, so Akashic Books uh, got out uh, the Jacaranda in New York. Saki uh, published uh, the same in uh, London. And now, finally, in 2020, three years later, Prestige Books or Prestige Bookshop have uh, the local edition of Dance of the Jacaranda. So um, my suggestion to you know other writers is that um, you get published where you feel valued, you get published uh, where an opportunity opens up. And the beauty of it is that um, the World Wide Web, you know, allows you to access contacts and opportunities beyond your borders. And that's all you need. You might not even need an agent at this point. I'm lucky to have one, but uh, there are others who are getting published even without agents. Uh, so... I feel there is a sense of stagnation and paralysis in local publishing scene because of this dependency on uh, a very limited market that's called the schools market. Um, you know, everybody trying to replicate or to model a text on what was previously accepted by the Kenya Institute for Curriculum Development. Uh, so, of course, I don't write for uh, a panel uh, at uh, the Institute. I write for Kenyans and, uh, you know, the larger universe of uh, humanity. So, my choices are very clear. Um, I'm writing primarily for an audience that's based in this country and continent. Uh, but I also know there is a bigger audience waiting somewhere else. I'm really happy to hear that, you know, you got a local publisher. Um, or you got somebody who has local rights to your work. I'm just interested in knowing how, how that works. How did how did they did they did they approach you? Did you approach them? Because I'm trying to understand how, you know, in case somebody else, somebody gets rights to another part of the world, somebody publishes your book, how somebody can get local rights 
what is all this rights business? So how did the prestige book come into this discussion? The business of rights is pretty straightforward. Um, a publisher in any jurisdiction can acquire, negotiate and acquire rights to publish for a market that's uh, defined by uh, the publisher. So that's what Prestige did. Uh, so they bought out um, Kenya, Kenya Rights from Akashik, uh, who are based in New York. Uh, same way that um, another publisher had negotiated for rights uh, for London, what they call British and Commonwealth rights. So the licensing um, business tends to be regulated by those geographic um, uh, definitions. So for instance, one might be licensed to distribute a book to say North America or Asia, or you might even have a region like South Africa or Southern Africa. So that's what Prestige uh, did. They have the license to distribute Dance of the Jacaranda uh, within the Kenyan market. I think Kenya and East Africa. So um, ordinarily publishers will, um, will bid to, to acquire rights. So or usually uh, this will happen at uh, book auctions or you might approach a publisher independently. In the case of Prestige, uh, they managed to do this uh, privately um, and they were successful in their negotiation. Uh, finally, my question is about the collection Nairobi Noir, which you did with uh, Akashik. You mentioned them just now. So please tell us a bit about this project. Um, and. I was at the launch. It was probably the biggest event we've seen for, from Kenyan writing in the last a long while. Did you anticipate this this reaction from you know the you know the Kenyan writing um, from the Kenyan reading community? And uh, yeah, so how was that experience? How did you feel about the reaction of the audiences? Thank you. Right, um, it was a truly uh, fulfilling event um, from every perspective very enthused crowds and um, great love and support from readers so Nairobi Noah is a collection of short stories it's probably uh, nearly the 80th or 90th uh, edition in that series by Akashik who've been running the Noir series of uh, world cities, uh, maybe for the past 15, going to 20 years. Um, so the philosophy behind uh, this series is that those who reside in those spaces understand them uh, perhaps deeply than what might be in a tourism brochure. And um, so the idea of uh, Nairobi was commissioned to me by uh, the publisher, uh, Johnny Temple. And um, so I set out to assemble a team of uh, writers. Um, we have about 13, myself included, will be 14 writers uh, in anthology. And um, it was a 
it was a project that was quite you know exciting and uh, very invigorating in the way we uh, curated uh, Nairobi Nairobi uh, spaces so we have um, you know more than a dozen writers from generations, uh, different generations. So the oldest, Ngugiwa uh, Thiongo, is in his 80s. The youngest uh, will be Makena uh, Onjerika or, or Troy Onyango, who are in their 20s. Um, so we managed to put together very enticing stories. The reception has been wonderful. Um, Prestige have been at uh, the forefront of distributing the book for this market. And um, we are hopeful that um, when when uh, this uh, pandemic uh, you know subsides, that we shall do a tour of the city, uh, at least um, maybe a dozen or so spaces where those stories are set, and just get to interact with readers who would appreciate um, their spaces being put on the map, uh, literally. So. It's been a wonderful uh, experience, uh, you know, getting to work with all those writers. We went into, you know, multiple drafts of uh, of, of those stories, and um, the li- uh, the literary community uh, as well as the reading community uh, have been, um, you know, nothing but gracious and generous, and we're grateful for that. Thank you so much. Welcome to episode